Hey guys, welcome back to the Waxing Podcast. I am Kirsten. I am the sole creator of this little guy. And I also have the new waxing guide called thewaxingguide.com. And I got a lot of other really fun stuff going on. So um, I have Mackenzie from The Wax Room AZ. If you guys are familiar with her, she is going to be coming to Tampa and we are going to be working on thewaxingguide.com. So if you guys want to stay in the loop with that, there is an email opt-in that you can sign into. You get a free waxing checklist, which has all the details on every single thing you could ever have in a wax room. And then also we will be updating you guys on our weekend together. So I'm so excited for that. And yeah, I am excited for you guys to hear this episode. It is an episode that I have been wanting to do for a really long time, but I did not know what conversation I wanted to have with this guest. So she is my boss and she is the story that I told in my good boss, bad boss stories. She is my good boss story, not my bad boss story. And I really dived in with her about a lot of different things, but just to kind of highlight a few, that way you guys can prepare yourself with with what's to come. We talked about the importance of reviews and she shares exactly how she used to get her reviews when she first started seven and a half years ago. So she's extremely seasoned in this industry. We talked about what makes a good boss a good boss, tips that you can do if you are on your way to hiring somebody. And actually, we dive super deep into hiring the perfect person for a position you're looking for and strategies that she has learned throughout the seven years she's been doing this. So that was super fun to go over with her. And just before I get going on the episode, I just wanted to give a shout out. She actually has a um, Instagram I want you guys to go follow. It is Bosses in Beauty. And she has underscores after bosses and an underscore after and. So it's bosses underscore and underscore beauty. And she actually does one-on-one coaching with entrepreneurs like yourselves, if you are listening, um, to help you through your journey of growing a business. So something to check out. And we talk about that towards the end. And one more thing is she was actually just on a podcast called Spa Strong. And she talks about her story through the years of her being an esthetician. And it's definitely something that I encourage everyone to take a listen to because her journey through the aesthetics industry was not easy. She had so many roadblocks. I mean, so many defying odds. Like so many people would have just given up and quit. And she had so much strength and she kept going and she just really defined like I said the odds and so I super encourage you guys after you get off of this podcast episode to go onto the spa strong I'm going to link it underneath and I hope you guys give that such a good listen the few people that I've like reached out to and told them to listen to it they've messaged me and been like oh my gosh I now see why you work for her She's like amazing. Her story's amazing. So if this seems like an episode you're interested in listening to, then stay tuned.
All right, everybody. So I am so excited. I actually think I'm more excited than (laughs) all the other episodes. Um, And I think the reason why is because I know this guest so well. So this is Rhea Schwartz, and she is my BOSS, my boss. (laughs) And I have been working with her for three years. And I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kirsten. I'm so excited to be on this. You've been doing such a good job and I'm just like so proud of you. I like, I love listening to your podcast. <laughs> when you told me that you listen to my podcast every week, cause I don't know, well, I'll like kind of go in the backstory with this, but I don't even know if you know this, but you're actually the reason why I started podcasting like in the first place and not just podcasting myself, but like, I remember when I first started and I think I was talking to you about something. I don't remember, but you were like, um, you, do you listen to podcasts? And I was like, no, what's podcast? <laughs> so you actually introduced me to this whole entire world from the beginning. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah, podcasts have been so life-changing to me. And it's, it's so amazing because it's something that you can do for free. And you can literally, anything that you're interested in, you can listen to when you have like no extra time, right? So when you're driving or you're getting ready and it's just all this knowledge, I'm obsessed with podcasts. And I don't listen to a lot of beauty podcasts either. So yours really hooks me. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I tell people too, I'm like, I listen, I actually can't listen to music at the gym because it, I feel like it's two minute songs and then my workout seems so much longer. So I listen to podcasts when I work out and I tell people, I'm like, it is the best thing. Cause when you're into a really good podcast or you're like super focused on something, I swear I will be on the Stairmaster for 30 minutes and I'll be like, dang, I literally cannot believe I've been working out for this long. And um, so I like podcasting for that reason. So um, what I wanted to talk to you about today, because this episode is super complimentary with the good boss, bad boss. So uh, for everyone that listened to the episode last week, I talked a lot about my experiences in the industry with bad bosses. And then of course, who I'm currently employed with and who I am uh, my guest is today. She is my good boss stories. I got so many really cool responses from it. And I got a lot of people that talked more about bad bosses, which made me really want to shift like gears in this conversation with you. So we could really talk about um, what it is like to be a good boss and things that you can implement. So I just wanted to first off ask, so what do you think makes you or anyone a good boss? Yeah. So I, I think what it really comes down to And tell me if you think I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think that everyone on my team would, I hope, agree that they know I truly care. Like I care about what's in your best interest. So I think when it comes to bosses is like a lot of times they think the business needs to be put first. And it is true, like you do need to put your business first in a lot of cases, because if the business isn't profitable, you're not going to have a job. But you also have to care about their happiness and, you know, realize that everyone has a life outside of work. So for me, it's so important for everyone on my team to have that like work life balance. And if you have an emergency with your kid, I will always put your emergency with your kid first. And although it's not ideal to like have to cancel your day last minute and it, it that has very rarely happened, mm-hmm. but if it 
does, I'm the first one to be like, yes, do what you need to do. Take care of your kid or your dog that needs to go to the vet or whatever it may be. Or if someone wants to take a vacation, I will never say no to a vacation because I know that you going on vacation, you're going to feel so much better coming back to work. So it's like taking a short-term loss for long-term gain of happiness of your employees. And I don't think every boss really thinks about that because they're thinking so limited and short-term and my business has to make money. And if this person leaves or if this person cancels their whole day for an emergency, we're not going to make money. But you really can't think in terms of that. You have to think in terms of welfare of your employees. And like, I'm just curious, like, is there something, was that always something that you implemented like your whole time through business, even in the beginning? Or was that something that you had to like figure out in the long run? Like, this is who you wanted to be as like a boss. Yeah. um, I've been like that since the beginning. And Mm -hmm. I think I was lucky enough to have a really good boss when I was 18 years old. And I worked at a tanning salon and when I was like my senior year of high school. And this woman was amazing. She cared so much. And she's the one that first turned me on to the secret and the law of attraction. And she, op- she ended up opening a medical spa. So she gave me this opportunity from working at the front desk of the tanning salon to be her esthetician right out of esthetician school. But I, I chose to move to LA instead. But she was so amazing and so caring. And I had always had a goal to like emulate her. Mm-hmm. And then I think having experiences with bad bosses after that, I would always come back to like, wow, like no one was like that woman. And I'm so grateful for her, even though it was such a short time frame in my life. I'll never forget her capacity to care. And so um, I've been lucky enough to emulate that. And I just think, I mean, that's just such a value for me anyway, as a person. Her medical spa was actually this holistic center that had like esthetician medical services in it, Mm -hmm. but it was whole amazing, a holistic center. So I also was really turned on to like the body can heal itself and energy work and all these things I'm really into now. So it's funny how these things are so guided in our life. I know because would you say that that was like when you started getting introduced to like more like mindset and holistic and things like that was through her 18 is like very young to be dabbling in that kind of stuff well so actually you know what it was she didn't hand me the book the secret but she was into the law of attraction and she knew that there was something to the universal laws and energy Mm -hmm. and wanted to print out checks one day from the secret has like these checks that you can like manifest and print out. And like, I actually have one right here. It's so funny. This is from one of my friends. I was going to say, I think I've like even seen it just like when you have like videos. Yeah. One of my friends like sent this to me and it it says $3 million and it's from the universal bank of the, the the universe. Yeah. And um, so yeah, they have this website and she told me about it. And so that's how I kind of got on that path. I, first of all, I'm so like grateful because I can like experience that for myself. And like, obviously I know that you listened to my last podcast and you got like my fair share of bad boss stories. And so I like always appreciate that I'm able to share like good boss stories. Cause it makes me really sad in this industry when I find out that like people go from bad boss to bad boss to bad boss to on their own. And it makes me sad. Cause I feel like people don't like understand or get to experience like this side of things as well. I think anyone can make those choices, right? At the end of the day, it's like every boss has like the choice. And if their choice is not to like 
respect you as an employee or not really care about your well-being, then I mean, I know why so many people go out on their own. Yeah, absolutely. How long has Fleur Wax Bar been in business? Yeah, so uh, we've been in business for now seven and a half years. I didn't know that I was going to make it that long in the beginning. <laughs> there were times where I thought the two-year mark and I was done. So I'm, I'm super grateful that we have made it to this mark because with the stats on small businesses, I don't know if you know this, but 85% of small businesses that open in the U.S. every year close by year five. So we made it past that hump. And I think it's 10% that make it to year 10. Yeah. And I have like no doubts that we're making it to year 10. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's good. And so you started out with Flirt just on your own. Um, I think a lot of people have that same story because in this industry, you're typically an employee to like a, like a suite, you know, owner or like you rent out a place. So you did that as well for how long? Um, yeah. So I moved to Florida from New Mexico and, um, I learned to wax from my old boss in uh, New Mexico and I actually loved my job there. You know, I was super busy waxing 20 to 30 girls a day and making really good money, like three or $400 a day, which is amazing when you're 20 years old and you know, you went from making $10 an hour to that type of money. But (laughs) she was definitely not the greatest boss. I don't know if I would call her a bad boss necessarily. I just don't think she had the emotional intelligence to like deal with employees. And so I left that job and decided to go on my own when it was just at the point where I just couldn't stand how she was treating me and my coworkers. Like she was just coming from such a fear-based mentality. And I think that goes for like a lot of like, quote unquote, like bad bosses, right? Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of estheticians do start on their own by themselves. And when they grow to the point where they have a team, you have to give up so much control. And when you start by yourself and you put all this work and all this effort into building clients and building your business, and now you have to like give those clients to other people, you really have to have the emotional intelligence to like handle mistakes because they're going to happen or know how to treat people and know how to deal with different personalities. And she just hadn't learned that yet. (laughs) Hopefully now she has, but that's what kind of made me kind of take off and, and go on my own. I think that that's actually really true, though. And I think that a lot of bosses that end up having, um, you know, employees, they get scared that they're going to give all this information out to this employee, right? You're going to give them everything you know, you're going to give it all that it goes, they're going to do well for you for a minute, and then they're going to leave. But I like really think that you do it differently. Because I think you do those things, of course, but like, I think you set your staff up to like, want to work for a boss. You know what I mean? Like you definitely, cause I do think that like our staff, the people that you picked out, I mean, everyone's like pretty strong willed, you know, we have a good strong will staff. I would call our team an, an A player team, like a team that really owns their job, brings good energy to work and is, is happy to be there. And, and therefore clients feel that as well. But I think one of the biggest things that like my philosophy in, in business and with team is that Well, I think team is number one, because if you Mm -hmm. take care of your team, they'll take care of the business. And when you sign up to be a business owner, you're signing up to be a leader of other people. And that's, in my opinion, your responsibility. So I think there's a lot of bosses that 
they do, they hire a team and then they're scared to teach them everything because they're scared they're going to take all their clients and leave. But if you take care of them and you care about them and they make good money, like why not everyone's going to want to leave. Maybe some people eventually. And I think you also have to have that mindset, right? Like I do mm-hmm. have a mindset of not everyone's going to stay forever. And I know that. And although I would like to keep people forever, <laughs> I know that's <laughs> not realistic. So I think just knowing and like recognizing, okay, what's the number one fear and saying, okay, well, if so-and-so left, like what would happen? And if so-and-so left, what would happen? And just like really feeling into that and recognizing that it's really not that bad. I mean, it sucks to like have to hire and start over with training, but that's what owning a business is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you first started, cause I know that you were, I think I like needed to backtrack to this, but whenever you were on your own, you worked for yourself for how many months? So I worked, um, I, I had rented a room and this was before like, uh, salon suites were really popular. So they were there, but there wasn't a lot available and they mm-hmm. were very expensive when you first start. So I literally just rented a little room in a shared office building and I was there for uh, 12 months before I was able to get my first storefront location. And then that's when you hired the, your first employee, right? Yeah. So not right away. So I, mm-hmm. I started there and, you know, I spent all my money building it out, making it cute. And it had two rooms and I had one waxing room and actually I added spray tanning. So I had one spray tanning room and then I didn't hire until I was at a point where I was book solid working so much. And I did realize that, okay, if I have someone answering the phones, it would be so helpful to me because I was waxing every 15 minutes. I was book solid six days a week. And then in between clients, not only are you checking them out, cleaning the room, doing everything yourself, but then after work, I had like 20 calls I'd have to message back. I was working so much. I don't know how you did that. I'm serious. Cause like, I think about even like my current day and we have a receptionist and we, you know, I have all the tools implemented for me. And it's like, if a client comes five minutes late, you know, you still take them cause you want to, you know, that you're able to, you know, catch back yeah. up later yeah. on in your day. You know, you kind of figure that out, but like having to like book and then go like pay every, you know what I mean? Like answering phone calls or if someone's running five minutes late and you have all that stuff to still do, I like don't know. But does, I mean, do you think that that changes because it's your business? So you like make it work. I mean, how did you do that when like a client would show up and I'm like so curious. Uh, so I think there's a couple things. Like I think one, you don't, a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into it when you sign up for it, right? And every mm-hmm. stage in business is more work. So people maybe look at me right now and say, oh, you have a team of 10 and it must be easy for you. And I'm like, you're dealing with 10 different people. You're dealing with so many more clients. There's always work to do at every stage. But at that stage, it's it's definitely very eye-opening how much really goes into it. But then yeah. at the same time, you're so grateful because you just took this leap of faith and like opened your own business and you're you're so grateful to be making money to pay your bills. So it's kind of just like do or die. Like you just Yeah, you just <laughs> Yeah, I could like see that. And I and I mean, did you did you even give your I feel like you're like not the one to even give yourself a lunch. Like did you just completely work oh. all the way through? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and you know, and then also I feel like when you're, when you're by yourself, like you kind of are your brand. Mm -hmm. So 
you take things a little bit more personally. Whereas if now a client was late or and was rude about like not being able to take them or whatever the case may be, I don't take it personal. And I, and I try to teach you guys not to take that personal either. But when you're first starting out, yeah. like don't, you want to make everyone happy. So you take the late clients and you just throw off the rest of your day until you, until you learn better. And maybe that was just my experience, but well, and like to come off of that, cause I actually, um, coincidentally got a message today and someone asked me like, Hey, how do you, um, get people to write reviews for you? I'm trying to like grow my books and yeah. I feel like you do such a good job with that. And in the beginning, I mean, you stress so much, like how important it is to get your name out there with reviews. And so like, what's an advice you can give somebody that is starting out on their own and like needing to grow their books? Right. That's, that's a great question. So reviews are so powerful and I wish more people knew that uh, because I see a lot of people and I get a lot of questions about in my, um, on my Instagram about how do I grow, how do I grow my Instagram? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's their sole focus. But the thing is, Instagram is a very powerful tool but it's not search engine friendly. Like, yes, you can look at hashtags, but when you really think about, okay, how does a client that has no idea you exist find you? And I know when I'm a client looking for a new place, I, the first place I go is Google. Me too. Um, I may look at their Instagram after I go to their website and then I check that out and see their reviews. And then I go to their Instagram, but Google's the first place I go. So you want to be search engine friendly and some, it also takes a while to get that optimized in your website right away. Like it could take up to a year to be on the first page mm-hmm. if your website is optimized. But Google reviews and Yelp reviews are a hack to get onto the first page right away. So the more reviews you have, the more they're going to rank you higher. And you have to have your cert, like you want the services you offer in mm-hmm. the reviews, right? So if someone typed in microblading in Tampa you'll see the Google reviews pop up because we have so many of that search term within the yeah, review. Yeah, we do. That makes sense. Yeah. But I think um, just being honest is the best way to ask. And I, in the beginning, I actually used the power of my story right from the beginning before I, I knew what I was even doing. Because <laughs> um, people really like relatability, right? And if you just tell people your dreams and your goals and say, hey, like I just started this business and it would mean the absolute world to me if you would hop on Google and Yelp and just leave me a review. Like you just tell them. And most people will do it if they like the service, of course. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And Um, that's, what's funny is that people think there's like this trick or like you have to like, I'm like, it's actually a pretty easy ask. Like I, you know, especially when you like, cause you can start to feel out if a client um, does like you, right. It's like, if they look at their brows and they're like, Oh my God, these are the best they've ever looked. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Like, it's like, that is kind of your ticket in to be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, um, you know, I'm actually still trying to grow my myself and I'm trying to grow my books. And I would love if you would just take five minutes and hop in your car and write me a a review before you leave. Like it would mean so much to me. For sure. And then and, the, yeah. the other part of that, though, I would add is I do mm-hmm. think people are so busy these days, right? They have like a million things they do mm-hmm. and will thrive on, hey, I'm busy. So because people are so busy, make sure you incentivize them and give them something for their time, even if it's mm-hmm. only five minutes to write you the review. So we give $10 off if you leave a review on Google. But I will give you $10 off for each platform you leave a review, right? I don't care if it's the same review. 
I just want five stars everywhere. Yeah. And we have, and I, and even like the other day, I think, cause it was Saturday that I worked in, um, I had maybe two, maybe three new people. Cause usually Saturdays are like when you, we get our like fair share of new people. And, um, I asked two out of three of them. I remember like how they found flirt and both of them were like, Oh, Google and you know, and Yelp. And so like, I know for a fact that it works because my Instagram does bring in people, but not nearly as much as like a search engine. So I can totally actually agree with that. Um, I mean, and you, I mean, our goal as a team is to make it crazy for someone to go anywhere else. Right. So not only mm-hmm. when you, come in, but from the start, when you're looking and searching mm-hmm. online, when you see the comparison to other places in town, we have so many reviews that you would be crazy to go somewhere with 25 reviews when we have 425, you know? Yeah. And like the, the funny ones that I really like is cause like, of course, like, you know, there's always a bad review wherever you go. <laughs> and I love like our bad reviews because in honesty, if you read them, they're not even that bad. <laughs> like yeah. it's totally just somebody with the most ridiculous expectations and like it's clear as day in the reviews. So, um, yeah, when you have enough good reviews, even like that one bad one, so many people are way likely to actually like end up taking your side as a business because they're like, Oh, I read that review and there's just no way I can justify not going there. Right. And it's always good to respond to those reviews too and tell your side of the story as Mm -hmm. nicely as you can. (laughs) Yeah. It's like my favorite thing to do is read what your response is because (laughs) (laughs) they are so nice. Like, and you do a really good job, but you're also so funny because I know you and you're, I know that you're like, (laughs) 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 we had, and like, they've just been like silly, you know, like the bad reviews are again, they're not that bad. And we really don't have that many. We're actually really lucky because it's true. When you have yeah. so many five stars, they'll feel, it'll push the one stars or the bad ones to the bottom and um, it'll keep your reviews like the star rating high when you have such a big difference of good to bad ratio. Uh, well, especially like, I mean, it's like scary to even think like a person starting off their business, right? They get like three amazing reviews and then they get somebody who leaves them a bad review. Their business is probably at like three and a half stars right there. And that like is awful if you think about it because like they could be so amazing, but just because they're not asking for those reviews, right. they look bad because of one person that was willing, you know, cause everyone's willing to go on and, and complain, you know? So you have yeah. to like go on there and get enough people to go on and like rave about you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's definitely something I would start doing from day one. Mm-hmm. And the thing is don't be scared to ask again. So like some people think, Oh, I already asked her. Some people need reminding and you can ask as many. I would ask every time they come in until they do it, honestly. You yeah. know, in the next day, you could start joking about it. Like, hey, have you left me that review yet? <laughs> and what they well, do. <laughs> yeah. And at that point you've built up like a rapport with the client. So like, you, and like, that's like another thing people are like, Oh, I don't want to seem like I'm bugging them. But I'm like, but if your clients already come to you five times, that's five months that you guys have known each other at that point. Like you totally can get away with being like, Hey, like, yeah, so did you write that review? <laughs> And then you, you know, I always make it funny. I'll always be like, here, just give me your phone. I don't know why you're so busy. I'll do it here in one minute. I'm like, let me just give myself five. <laughs> then uh-huh. they, they laugh and they think it's funny and it's like whatever works. I mean, however you are with your clients is like how you can build that relationship with reviews. But, um, reviews are so important and they're so sweet. I honestly, know. like I love reviews because I know like, you know, by name, if they've been a client of mine forever. And it just makes me smile because it's like, 
you know, they do love you and they are loyal to you. And when people write reviews, they're so much more likely to keep coming back to you because you're building relationships. I mean, this whole job is relationships. Yeah. I would definitely say like, it's the best free advertising. And if you do incentivize them, yeah, it's 10 bucks, but it's still basically free advertising and same with referrals. Those two things are the best free advertising because people trust their friends and people trust um, other people's experience, you know, mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Um, so kind of switching gears a little bit, I always just like love to pick your brain about it. And I think because I've been with you for three years, like I've, you know, been with like a couple of employees that haven't exactly like made it, um, not even that long, but just like have switched and left. But, um, I am so curious because seven years is such a long time. And especially for somebody who's listening that might be in a place where they are thinking of hiring on another person, whether it's a receptionist or a VA or somebody to kind of take over their books, like hiring another waxer. Um, in the seven years that you have been open, do you think you have come up with like a strategy for hiring? Yeah. So not in the beginning. It's funny. In the beginning, my best hires were, were uh, clients. I've hired a few of our clients and they mostly turned out amazing. And then actually, I think all of our clients that I've hired have turned out amazing. Yeah. Uh, I was a, I was a client turn hire. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they have a feel of the business and the vibe and they turn out really well. Uh, and then the other ones have been referrals, but not, in, I, I feel like I've been really lucky when it comes to service providers, right? Because it, mm-hmm. it really is a career. And I feel like if you make good money and you take care of the people, like they do tend to work out for a long time. I feel like I've had the hardest time with front desk. Like that's definitely been the quickest turnover. And I think mm-hmm. that's just because it's more of a stepping stone job, right? Like people work the front desk when they're maybe studying in school or they're they're not really sure what they want to do next. And front desk is such a vital, important job. Like it's it's so important. It's everything in a business because I even was like talking about a story where um, I went to go get a massage somewhere and the front desk lady was so rude to me. I like walked in and she acted like I hadn't. And like I was like, I asked her where the restroom was and she was like back there. And then she continued to text And I remember being like, oh my gosh. And I don't think she was that nice to me on the phone either. But like, even though I liked, yeah. And I liked my massage therapist, but like, I just felt like I did not like my overall experience. Like I, I didn't go back, which is crazy. Yeah. It it makes you not want to go back. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember in team meetings when I used to tell you guys, like what I'm always looking for that kind of stuff. When I go into businesses, I'm looking what I do like, what I don't like. And I noticed so many businesses that have receptionists like that. And I never want people to feel like that when they come into floor ever with a front desk, um, for that, I, I finally came up with a strategy and I started reading books on hiring and, uh, hiring like a players versus B or C players on your team. And the difference is like A players own their jobs. A players are growth minded and excited to come to work and they'll figure out things on their own where C players kind of are just there for the ride, right? Like they don't Mm -hmm. don't really care. And I feel like I was hiring a lot of C players or people that um, had so much going on outside of work and they would bring that into work. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm really big on energy too. So they would take this like kind of down energy and then it affects everyone. 
and and we don't want that. No. And like booking so important too. It's like, and like as a receptionist, it's like their jobs are like, it's honestly really hard. Cause even whenever I reception for a little bit, it's not easy balancing out so many people's schedules or even yeah. like one schedule. Cause you kind of have to like learn them, you know, like for instance, like Tiffany, it's like, you know, if someone calls and wants to be squeezed in, you're so much more likely to put them with Tiffany, right? Cause Tiffany's going to be able to like figure it out. Um, or like, you know, Michelle, like if she wants like this extra time with, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's like a player's game, like up there with like and their employees too. I mean, I just think there's so many like parts to being a receptionist. I actually think receptioning right. is harder than it is my job. <laughs> so there's a few things that I learned with front desk because right now I feel like we've had the best front desk team that we've ever had like I adore those girls and I hope as long as possible um but right before that I changed uh my whole hiring strategy for front desk I don't know if you've heard this before but have you heard proximity is power that term no yeah what is that so proximity is power is like you are the the people that you spend the most time with or you become the people that you spend the most time with right Mm-hmm. So when I started hanging out with more entrepreneurs, I became a better business owner. And just by hanging out with them and hearing them talk and hearing their ideas and giving me feedback, it just automatically happened. Now, when it came to hiring, I had met uh, the CEO of Organifi back uh, uh, like a year ago at a, a Joe Dispenza event. And he invited me out to their office in San Diego. And the thing about Organifi is it, it's these two guys that started the company. And in four years, they built a $50 million company. Like it's insane. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. But they're so good about culture. Like to them, everything is the culture of their company. So they have, have these salespeople that work for them, which is like kind of like receptionists. And they stay forever and they're so happy. Like I went in there and I couldn't believe how happy their salespeople were. I was like, what? Like, how do you do this? And so they were nice enough to like, let me sit in on their hiring process with their, uh, their HR person who used to work for Lululemon. Mm -hmm. So they had all these, uh, things that they would do that, like I, and processes that I, never thought about because I, I, I just hadn't up leveled like that. Right. So like I was very lucky and that's like a big thing is proximity is power. So they gave me their whole entire hiring process. I mean, they do personality tests. They would do zoom interviews before the real interviews. And this is before zoom was as popular as it is right now, right now, literally right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the biggest thing that I did was I up leveled the standard of what we put on our hiring ads. So before when I made it just like really cute and like fun and like, okay, like, you know, kind of the vibe of our business. Mm -hmm. Now I filter it by putting all these outcome standards, what we expect when we, when you work for us. So I upload, I upped the pay because I wanted a better quality person. And then I said, Hey, we are looking for someone that could do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If you can't make, meet these expectations. Like for example, something like I expect you to book 10 microblades every week. I expect you to keep the waxing schedule full. I expect you to, you know, do all these things. And so guess what? If it's a B or C player, they're going to see that and they're going to be, they're going to get scared and be like, this is not for me. I want something way easier. Mm -hmm. 
And so now we do that with all of our hiring. So for waxing, for the facialist, for uh, receptionist, we do it for everything. And I feel like it's helped tremendously because you get so many applications on Indeed, like hundreds. And so this really has helped filter out um, the applications that we get. Well, especially because, I mean, with the microblading, even the waxing, everything that we do, I mean, there's like enough demand for it. So like giving somebody that task and like, of course, like people need to like filter it to like where they are in their business, right? Like if they're not able to meet those criteria, obviously you can't like expect that from your receptionist, but like in the sense of like you and like flirt wax bar, it's like 10 microblades a week actually is like no problem. Like if you can't do that, then I like totally agree. They're definitely like a BRC because it's handed to you. You just have to mm-hmm. finish the transaction. You know, like right. in that sense, like, yeah, totally. And then I also wanted to make it easier for the front desk to make better money. So now I bonus on more expensive services and I make it really easy. Like I'm handing you the phone calls and the clients and cause I run ads. All you have to do is like make the sale and book it on the phone. And you can make, you know, 10 more dollars added to your hourly. So I I try to make it easy for them to make good money too. Well, and giving them incentives is like super, like not a lot of people do that. And I actually think it's really cool because I, you really can see the difference in our employees and others. Like people rape, I mean, for like our, because you give out a, which I think is really cool, but you give out a survey after somebody leaves Mm -hmm. and it says, Hey, rate your experience. What did you love about it? What did you not love? And like, so many people actually like compliment the front desk. Like they're like, Oh my gosh, my experience was so amazing. And like, where do you really get people that like rave about a front desk person, you know? And so that's like exactly how you know that your strategy is obviously Mm -hmm. working. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that used to not be the case though, right? We used to get Mm -hmm. more complaints about the front desk, about them being a little off putting and that would make my heart totally drop because that's the last thing you want to hear as, as an owner. I actually threaten Stephanie all the time. (laughs) Like Stephanie, you can't leave. Oh my gosh. I don't want Stephanie to leave either. I know. Yeah. I just work with her the most. So, and she's just is so like, she'll like come in and she'll be like, Hey, um, you know, your client canceled for your 115, but you have this available. I let her know this. And then also you have the option of like this. And she like does it so perfectly, like in a way that I would handle the problem myself. Like she, that's, she tailors everyone's schedules to everyone's like, you know, I don't know. I I don't know. She's getting to be a lawyer and I could just already tell him like, you're going to kill it as a lawyer. I know. I know. I hope she doesn't graduate for life. Four more years, but I mean, I hope that she does too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's one more thing that I thought about when it comes to hiring that's really Mm -hmm. vital that I've done since the beginning. And that is, uh, I always hire personality over skill set. I can train anyone to be a good waxer. I don't even microblade myself, but I know I have the system to hire and get good training for microblading. But personality, I feel like you can't really train like I can train you in the way that I want you to greet people and how I would like you to be. But I feel like that's just such like a, you have it or you don't type of thing. And the one person that uh, didn't work out as a service provider that I had a couple years ago, she just didn't have the personality. She was so low energy, so low vibe. And I remember (laughs) what she did, you know, she was a great waxer and she was book solid, but I had to let her go because she was 
her energy was so bad that I felt uncomfortable going into my own business. And then I remember that. And also, you know, going back towards like you attract your clientele by based on your personality. Oh my gosh. I can't speak for every single one of them because like, I, I know that there were just good ones that they just liked the way she, they did her brows, but like she had some of the worst clients <laughs> ever. And, and I think it's just, and like, I think it was just personality, right? It was like, I didn't right. love her personality. And so it, what came with it was like her clients that mimicked her personality. So Today's episode is brought to you by thewaxingguide.com. It is an online training course for estheticians, specifically waxers that want to level up in their skills. With this waxing course, you will increase your wax time, be able to book more clients, and have an exceptional technique that brings clients back every single time. I currently am giving away a free checklist to anyone who subscribes to The Waxing Guide that literally has every single thing you need in your waxing room. Yes, I mean anything. No more Google searching, no more DMing a girl asking what's in the background of her video. It's there. I got you covered. So head over to thewaxingguide.com to access your free waxing checklist. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit because I do have a lot of, well, in this community or this platform that are, you know, sweet owners. I have a lot of them that are employees. And so this is just to speak like on the employees. Cause I think we did like such a good job of like sweet owning. And like, if you want to grow, these are your steps. Or like, if you want to get your reviews, like this is how, what would you tell the girls that are currently employed somewhere that a, they don't love B maybe they don't love the boss that they're working for or see they're like ready to grow? Like what advice would you give for people that want to like step out on their own? Okay, good question. So I think there's a couple things. I think one, a lot of people do think that if they go on their own, it's going to be so easy, right? It's going to be like they're going to make 100% of the commission that they make. And that's so far from the truth. And it's so far from the truth, most likely that you're going to take a bunch of clients from that business that you work at. So I would go in, if you're ready to go out on your own, you should probably go in with the mindset that you're starting from zero. Now, if you think that you can go on your own and literally have zero clients, then maybe you're ready and you're really willing to do the work. Um, You know, I did it twice where I had quit that job for that waxing salon in New Mexico and I, I went an hour away. And I didn't tell a single client that I was going. And I kind of tested the water because I was in my hometown. So I thought, okay, like, can I do this on my own before I moved to Florida? And then I literally didn't know a soul. And I I started from scratch, from zero. Um, But the other thing is, um, if you're wanting growth within the job that you have, sometimes you just have to have, like, an honest conversation with the owner. And there is a big difference, you know, it, it depends if it truly is like a bad boss and she doesn't care and she's coming from lack and fear of you leaving and or doesn't really care about you. But I think I do think majority of, of business owners do care. And if they like you, they want you to stay. So if you're wanting growth or help in a certain area, don't be scared to go to your boss and like really, you know, sit down and have an honest conversation with them and say, hey, like, I'm looking to grow. Like, can you help me? And if they're not willing to help you, it's it, they're probably not a very good boss, or they don't have the capacity to like help you grow, right? Like, mm-hmm. so 
before we expanded, I really didn't have the room for anyone to grow, right? I didn't have the room to start offering facials or the room to even hire more. So that could be a, a factor as well. And for the girls that are in their own suite, right? They're just like the one employee and they want to start expanding as well. What's like the first, if they came to you like Rhea, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to, you know, hire my first employee. Like what's that one advice you'd be like, okay, well, this is what you need to do first. So my advice would be, you cannot come from fear, right? So you just have to recognize that if you're ready to hire someone and ready to start giving your clients to that person, you have to give them everything. You want to train someone to be like, I like to call you like my mini me's, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want a copy of yourself because your clients are expecting a level of service that you give. So if you, if you hire someone and you don't train them to be exactly like you, and they're going to of course be different because everyone's different, right? But in the service quality and in the way that they interact with people, you want them like really on par with, with you. If you don't create like mini me's and you don't give your clients certainty, like, Hey, I hired this person and they're amazing. They're, they're just as good as me. And just trust me. Like I would not give you to someone that wasn't just as good as me. Like that's what I did in the beginning. I gave clients like this. I was so certain that Keisha was just as amazing as I was. And it may not be totally true in the beginning, but if you have the willingness to like work with them and train them and, you know, continue edu- educating them, it will happen eventually. But what happens with giving people certainty is if I'm so certain on something, I will influence you. When I well, changed my mindset on, you know, cause I went through a period where I, I, I definitely had fear of people leaving and I was hiring, you know, I even had fear of Michelle leaving at one point. When I gave that story up, when I, when I changed my mindset and I said, you know what, having the right people in the right seats of my business is what's going to make it explode. And I cannot come from fear when it comes to that, because if I'm scared that these people are going to take everything that I've given them and go off on their own, I'm going to be running from fear, you know, and, and so are they, they're going to feel that. So when I gave up that story, literally my business exploded. When I was like, I want people that are better than me in my business. That's what makes a good business. Couldn't actually agree with all of that more. And I just want to take like a moment to talk about the Bosses and Beauty Instagram because in the seven years that you've ran business and I want to give a shout out to your interview with Spa Strong. Get down so that people can actually just click it and get taken right to that podcast episode because there are so many like layers to you. And I feel like whenever me and you were, I mean, you've been with me since the beginning when I made this podcast. And I always said, I want you on, but I don't know what I want you on for because I have like 10 different things and we may be like bringing, you know, I may be bringing you back on to figure that out as well. But such a good podcast for somebody to listen to that wants to get to know you in like a term of, you know, your life story through the seven years of growth, because it was like not easy. And it was super difficult. And I don't think many people were faced with challenges that you've been faced with. But going back into like the bosses and beauty Instagram, right? So that's something that you have created in, you know, this year. And I think it's so important for people to check it out because if you are someone who has their own suite and wants to grow or just simply has their own business and wants to grow, 
that Instagram and Raya is going to be such a great source for you because in the seven years that she's built business, like I promise you, it was a bumpy, bumpy ride. And she now has like implemented these like bulletproof strategies to get you somewhere that took her so long. And not only that, but took, and Raya can speak on this, but it took you so long and you invested so much time, energy, I mean, finances. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about Bosses and Beauty and why you started it, who you can help, and if it's for them. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm, I'm super passionate about mindset and learning about personal development because I think there is a direct correlation between your personal growth and your business growth. I, I feel like I'm at a point in my life and in my business where I'm really ready to like help people and serve more people. And I have, I've spent a ton of money learning from some of the most world's most successful entrepreneurs. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is that there is a shortcut to success, right? And the shortcut is find people who are where you'd like to be and learn from them and do what they do, model them. Because they have techniques and strategies and they have spent years probably getting to where they are. And they've probably been through a lot of challenges. So if you can learn from those people, guess what? You may not skip all the challenges, but it'll make it a lot easier. And when I started learning from these entrepreneurs, oh my gosh, it was so much easier to grow my business. So I feel like I am at a point now where I would love to coach other estheticians on how to grow because I've been through so much and I would love, if I could save someone some of some of the stuff I've been through, it would just make my heart so happy. And so, yeah, I started Bosses and Beauty and um, I do one-to-one coaching and my one-to-one coaching is more geared towards people that are already at the level where they're book solid and they're ready to grow their team and their business and kind of take that next step because I feel like that's such a, uh, it's such a transitional, it's a hard transition, right? Like it's, it's so mm-hmm. different from being your own employee and your own, you know, you're the business to actually being a boss and having a team. And I would love to help people like more people be good bosses. Like that would be, you know, that would make an impact. And, and in the end, it's all about impact. Yeah. And I actually had somebody reach out and of course I've like talked to you about it, but I felt like it was such a compliment to you, but like it, she was like, Hey, like, you know, how do I get a hold of your boss? Because the way that you talk about her on your podcast and like the way that you feel in your job, like I want to know how to like be her, right? It's like at the end of the day, like who wants to be a bad boss? I don't think anybody sets out to start a business and be bad. I think what happens is that people just don't implement the right tools in order to actually get their employees on this like, you know, respect, but also like just overall, you know, a happy experience from the day you walk into work till the day that you leave. And so I really liked that about, you know, what she said about you because it's really true. Um, I always joke on my podcast that I wish that you were not a good boss because then I would maybe be like, okay, maybe like, let's, you know, go find something or do something else. But like, I truly love the freedom of being an employee. I think that not a lot of people talk about that in this industry. People think, you know, if you want to be successful, it's this route and this route only. And like, I'm such a person to look at and be like, okay, she's an employee. 
She's successful. She's starting podcasts. She's starting a community. I'm starting the waxing Like there's other routes that you can take in this industry to be successful. And um, yeah, like being a boss is not the end all, you know, be all. There's so many outlets. But for those who, you know, see their future in that setting, like I just think that your Instagram and what you're providing and your one-on-one coaching is like I mean, perfect. Like if it were up to me, I would have zero other people to send somebody to. And I think it's just because I know from experience. Yeah. Thank you. And then I do have a course coming out as well for people that are just, that are on their own and they aren't as busy as they like to be, or they do feel stressed and overwhelmed. Um, But that won't be out for a couple months because I'm making sure it's literally so amazing that you'll never buy another business course again after after joining. I don't think. I don't think they'll need to. (laughs) I'm very lucky because I can like extract things from you just from like knowing you. But for all the other people, like it's, I swear, it's not even like a price. It's like an investment at that point. Like it's investing in the future of getting information that you would learn the hard way. I'm like, so, um, you know, I'm so confident of that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited excited about for you too, though. Um, it's fun that, you know, we both decided during the shutdown, you know, we could have looked at it so many different ways, but Mm -hmm. really both looked at it like, okay, here's an opportunity. Like we both weren't making income for two months. So how can we take this and, and make something that if that ever happened again, that we have an online business. And I think that's really powerful. I'm really excited about what you're doing too, because you're going to kill it with, Thanks. you know, training. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm, I am excited. And now that I've like been doing courses and stuff and people are like, you know, why are you doing the courses that, you know, the ones that I'm taking, like in the modules, they talk about, you know, why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? And it's, it makes me so happy because it's like, I'm doing it because, and like you just said, but it's like, you're doing it because you want to help people. It's like, you know, you, you see like at what angle do you want, right? It's like you, you, and you can tell the difference between the courses out there that they want it because they want to, they want to make money. Right. And like, obviously that's the goal too, but like your reasoning for doing something online and like serving people is to help somebody. Like if I can make someone's life easier and I can get that like email a couple months down the road and be like, Oh my gosh, you literally made this so easy for me. Right. I'm complete. <laughs> it's so much more fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a good point as well with what you were saying about not everyone wants to be a business owner. And it's like, okay, well, what are your values and what fulfills you? Because you're right. Some people value their freedom and their time with their family more than mm-hmm. owning a business. And some people don't have the choice because, you know, they work for someone that and they don't feel like they could get a job that they really love somewhere. But values are really important when it comes to that decision. You know, if you value time with your family and you value your freedom, probably opening a brick and mortar business is not ideal. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) I know. I think about my online and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is already so much. Like I can't even imagine, I mean, doing both or like having something physical, you know, like it's like I can do this at my home rather than like you'd have to go in somewhere and like put in the long hours and then afterwards. Yeah, it's, 
yeah, it's not for everybody. But then again, like, you know, it, I think the overall, I think people just get like that itch, right? I think like when you're sitting there and you're constantly on your mind and you find yourself like always looking up information or always looking at like sweets to rent out and like, you know, your, your mind will take you where you're ready to go. Right. And I think that's like always such a first inkling of that's, you know, maybe something you should explore a little bit more. Right. But, yeah, absolutely. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It's always fun chatting with you. I know. I um, know that this will maybe not be the last time that you're on because I feel like everyone's going to love you so much. But um, again, I want to re- reiterate to um, the, the link will be in my details below, but it is uh, Bosses and Beauty. So that is the Instagram I will put that in the link. And then also I'm going to put in the Spa Strong podcast episode because if you are listening to this episode and loving it, then I promise you, you are going to love her story even more because it is incredible.